0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast. Join us each month to hear ideas, inspiration and practical advice from people making change through music. These conversations are hosted by me, Anita Holford of Music Education Works and Writing Services. So I'll be focusing in particular on breaking down barriers to music through communication and advocacy, but from quite a broad perspective. I really hope you'll enjoy them. And now on with the show. Hello, it's Anita here and welcome to this mini-podcast series looking at how music organisations are responding to the current pandemic. The purpose of these episodes is to share how people in the music education and community music sectors are responding in terms of their support to young people. There's a lot we could go into, um, the pros and cons of online, financial and and organizational implications of such massive change but for now we're focusing just on the support to young people and i'll signpost to any other information that people want to share in the blog post so what i also wanted to say is that i'm aware that every organization of course has a different setup and different capacity to respond and there may be some people listening who are simply not able to continue with operations at all so if that's you I hope you are able to get back to the work that you care about very soon. And now I'm really pleased to introduce my guest for this episode, who is Ben O'Sullivan from The Music Works, which is a Gloucestershire based music charity. Hello, Ben, and welcome. Thank you for making the time to talk to me. It's really lovely to have you here.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Welcome. So it feels a little strange asking you this first question as we worked together for three years at The Music Works, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the benefit of listeners, can you tell me perhaps in one sentence or a few couple of sentences, I'll, I'll let you off, um, what your <laughs> organisation does?
1: We help young people make the music they want to make. That's how we premise it. we were really keen on meeting young people on their level, hearing what they want to do, and helping them transform their lives through um, the music that they want to make. And we have lots of different ways of doing that. Hopefully very informally, very community kind of, a community music organisation that helps young people access the music that they need to, to change their lives.
0: That's brilliant. Very succinct. And you do that through programmes in schools and also activities yeah. out of school, don't you? So it's a really uh, that's range of right. yeah. ways.
1: Yeah, we have a number of studios in Gloucestershire, Cheltenham, um, we... Cheltenham and the Forest of Dean and Gloucester and we also work with a number of studios around the county as well but also in all of the schools in the county as well.
0: So can you talk me through again reasonably briefly when when you started to think about what you were going to do in response to the situation because it came upon us also suddenly didn't it and how do you even start to get your heads around that?
1: We were fairly, I felt like we were quite previous, if I'm honest. I think we were keeping our ear to the ground about what was happening in other countries and therefore, you know, finding out what was happening with our funders fairly proactively. And we had a kind of, you know, a classic standing item on the agenda, what happens if, and we talked about it a lot. So we did feel quite uh, as prepared as we could be um so yeah we we talked about it a lot and then we looked at very quickly contingency planning about what programs could continue what might need to change and we just had a running list and we talked to our all of our stakeholders uh, to help us build that list really i know that sounds a little bit geeky but that's how we did it have a list talk to the stakeholders and and take input and then make decisions as, as, as and when the lockdown Started to affect us. Yeah,
0: that sounds sensible. Um, <laughs> and so, where are where are you now with that?
1: Um, so we have a kind of three phase plan that we implemented within a week of lockdown. And the first thing we wanted to do was simply say anyone who's working with us should access the service, you know, as they were. And that has implications because we struggled, of course, as everyone else did, with maintaining any face to face work. Um, and so. We immediately did a lot of work around training up staff on using technology because although we 're a very tech savvy kind of organization we're also a very mixed and diverse group of leaders who have different skill sets, and not all of them would necessarily lend themselves to online so we, we did a lot of training around it got to understandably rewrite policies and look at how we how we made sure that because we weren't doing any online before this it was all face-to-face so although we might uh, seem to be a tech savvy organization we're a very relationship-based organization that that works with young people on their levels side by side so taking away face-to-face really was challenging for us and so we set up um, training understanding what we need to do making sure the referral pathways were really clear So um, because we were really focused on supporting the mental health of young people, especially those with heightened need, we really, really had to be careful about how we opened the doors to what we were doing. So we were very clear that we had two routes, if you like, one for referrals from other professionals and agencies who could help us reach those most in need. And then we had an open inquiry form so anyone could, could write to us and tell us what they were doing tell us what their needs were and what their their interests were and then we could also uh, refer them through and some of those young people might have been referred out to other agencies as well so we kind of made a hopefully a really strong referral pathway so people can young people can find something that interests them in terms of music in lockdown
0: how did you train staff where have you got any (laughs) sort of ways of signposting other people who might be listening you might be thinking oh you know we could do some support around that
1: first thing we did was say I, I think it started out let's do every wednesday afternoon we all huddle and we talk about what our personal development needs are and and we kind of just had a mini training program every wednesday we would do x and remember that pretty quickly people were just contacting the the people that way we, they were already working with and getting on with it so it, yeah it was tricky actually to schedule training which is you know given that you would think actually this is, this is a time for a bit of potential reflection and training it, it was actually tricky to make it happen on any greater basis than once a week so we kind of said right what, what are people interested in doing and obviously the medium through which you work with young people was a top priority so how do we reach young people what is the, um, the platform we use and with NIMAS um, and their support we we, so Youth Music almost immediately called together a bunch of organizations that they were funding and we were really lucky to be involved in that and they opened that out of course to to anyone and we 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 talked and and discussed different options learned a lot about the different platforms and different platforms which you know they both they all have different benefits and pros and cons so we, so we had to kind of audit that, if you like, and test some of those things. And three of us really went on a kind of strong stress test of, of all the different things, lots of feedback. We called it the honeymoon period when we first <laughs> kind of tried a, a platform and went, oh, wow, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And of course, it really yeah. depends on who you're working with, on what day and who's, what mood you're in. Um, some people might <laughs> want to use a digital audio workstation on a web browser and another person might just want to rock out on a ukulele they really you know we had all these sort of dreams that we'd almost found the Wallace and Gromit version of how you do online it was like <laughs> oh wow we've almost invented something and there's there are lots and lots of things you can do you just need to be really flexible and genuinely say what does this young person need not bring to the table well we've worked out that you, you can do online music making like this Um, because it just doesn't work and after about two weeks we we realized what you need is a a classic smorgasbord of options of different activities you can engage with online and I think we're there now and the training was very peer-to-peer although as I said with um, people like Nymaz uh, and Youth Music we did lots and lots of thinking and we joined their podcasts and their uh, sorry their webinars and they you know they were really helpful people have been doing this for a long time it was really useful to have them around yeah. and
0: so I know that you do a range of different styles of music making from kind of um you know acoustic instrumentally mm-hmm. type stuff songwriting mm-hmm. music tech and then you also deliver that in a number of forms so you do one-to-one music mentoring mm-hmm. you do whole class music Um, through iPads and then also group music making on the weekends so I'm just really interested to know how those different types of music making and those different um, types of programme have translated into the virtual world and if there's any that you haven't been able to 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 transfer.
1: If I start with the pros to begin with one Mm. of the things that absolutely has (laughs) shone is lyrics and and working through songwriting once you've dis, once you've established a really good working system and platform like you know zoom or skype or whatever it is you choose to use and the young person's really familiar and can work their way around it sharing documents live editing work together it's it's never been better i mean in the past you know they might write their lyrics on their phone that might not be compatible with with the laptop you're using you end up re-typing out lyrics that they might have written in a notebook it just slowed everything down in a strange way right so now you can sit there i can there's the other pro is that you can really establish your space right as a leader you can say i want my keyboard here i want my screen here you know and i know this sounds very sort of egotistical and slightly (laughs) holding on to your space but you can really say this is how I would lead. You're not going into a studio where there's a sofa where you perhaps wouldn't have it or a drum kit where you wouldn't have it. You're saying, this is how I would do online sessions. And you might, you have to kind of slightly buy into that and go, I am going to do online sessions. And then you say, this is how I'm going to set everything up. And this is, and then the young person equally is on the other end. It's similarly doing the same thing. They'll sit there with a cup of tea and at their table they're in a very much more relaxed kind of potentially, they can do the same thing. So there is that really strong pro. And then you can do live editing of documents and really do lots of really listening because we'll get onto this, I'm sure, but because synchronous music making is really tricky online, you can really say, okay, it's your turn, which of course is a, is a moment of truth, right? So if I say, so Harry, sing us your song, I might, have not done that in the past i might have been overly supportive i might have uh, uh, but by that i mean kind of musically i might have yes. played it with him and so and, and maybe if i'm honest i might have sung over him a bit or played over him a bit but now it's he sings it to me and i really listen and i say wow that's amazing is this is it this chord and he'll say yeah it's the, no it's this chord or whatever and you get a real strong turn takey version of what we were doing face to face so that's the uh, but your question was about which programs easily transfer I guess yeah so it so sounds like um,
0: songwriting and one-to-one definitely is a good one yeah. absolutely
1: well it's a different thing and we feel really good about where we've gone but uh, I'm not pretending it's an easy shift for ev- everyone both staff and um, young people you know it's really it's hard so so one-to-one definitely we do have some groups online which is really really successful Again, it's, it's a bit turn because of the synchronous trickiness. And then we have one of our leaders, Lee, is doing what we call our music social, which is learning disabled DJs. And they do a Thursday where they all do some learning and turn-taking online. And then they have a, if you like, a kind of after-party of that, which wasn't there before. So now they've got, so they have this session where they're all, discussing and learning and commenting and asking questions and and sitting at home djing whilst that's happening and then the uh, afterwards they do a session online where they actually do a dj set if you like and and everyone comments and puts requests in and i don't think that would have happened if it wasn't for lockdown we now have a radio show every friday morning 11 o'clock so uh, as a result of that so that's one of the group sessions that's working. Another group session, which could easily or may have been one to one. It was just two friends said they'd like to do it together. So there's three three elite, well, two leaders sometimes, but one leader main, mainly, and and two participants, and they write songs, make music, and if you can just set aside your 20 years of I've, you know, I've. I've perfected making music as a leader, you know, I really love how the sound I make. If you can just forget all of that and say, do you know what? It's going to sound a bit tinny. It's going to be out of time. It's going to be a bit shaky, a bit glitchy. If you could just move that to one side, then you really, you can have a load of fun with it. You've got all your guitars, everything you need, and you can really make it a really immersive experience. But that is your challenge really.
0: And so with those group making yeah. things are they part of programs that were ongoing anyway or have you turned your open access weekend act group activities that people just drop into have you yeah. have you managed to translate that into online as well
1: generally our plan has kind of just said you know what we're gonna now call these online sessions and all of our funders have totally understood that so rather than having these branded kind of separate or programs it's like open access come through to online and then if you'd, like, if you'd like to work in a group, that's great. The two that I was telling you about do go, are, are two that have come from what we call the drop on a Saturday. So, yes, that, that, that's an example. But there isn't a prescription that everyone who went to a certain programme needs to then attend or, you know, anything like that. It's more like it's open access, find your feet, find your way. And some people have chosen to go in small groups. Others have chosen to go one to one. So it's, it's quite an, it's an interesting question you're asking because I know totally that, you know, you and I've both sat through sort of spreadsheets with our, <laughs> with all our programs listed. Interestingly, it's almost like there's one program now, <laughs> you know, it's called the Music Works Open Access or something, you know, we don't name it or anything, but, and that every, yeah. everyone can come in and we just find the thing that works for them. So we also have a special schools concert, which we now call the Inclusive Music Festival that happens every year in in June. And that is now moving. This is another pro. We were rehearsed and ready almost to do that. So on the day of the concert, we're going to do a live stream uh, where all the young people, it's going to be 11 o'clock in the morning rather than 7 o'clock at night, where all the young people who are in school or at home can join in and we'll all sing but they've also said, why don't we do something in October as well, where we do some sharing of work that we might have created, which wouldn't have happened if we were just running the concert as normal. So there'll be one in October and one in February. So it's almost like we've tripled the regularity of what we're doing in one meeting. We just sat down. And said, why do we only do one concert a year? And if it, well, logistically, and you know, booking a theatre for for a day, you can understand why you might only do it once a year. But once you take that sort of logistic out, then you say, well, let's do it once a term so it is it's really interesting how all these different things are changing Um, and you know one of our flagship events the king's jam festival has had to be postponed and that's really you know that's heartbreaking for so many young people in gloucester because it's the thing they look forward to what can we do about that that's really tricky and we know that so many arts organizations are feeling the same so i'm not pretending it's all good news at all there are things we're just having to not do but hope on the by the same token we are making all our staff are engaged and upskilled to to get out there and do the same delivery and when i say get out there that's an inverted commas of course
0: it it sounds as though it's sort of benefiting the organization in terms of your approach and strategy thing it it sounds as though things aren't going to be the same again um even in terms of the way your funders are thinking about things Uh, it definitely feels as though it's freeing you up to think differently and your funders to have different expectations that whole thing about dividing the work up into these I can't remember how many it was it was something like 26 different programs or something you were running at one time and actually we'd spoken before about it actually being the same thing in a lot of cases the the lovely thing what I'm hearing from you is about this is so shaped around young people they're really driving what they need aren't they
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the projects we're doing is, is a, we're writing a community-written song uh, for the frontline workers to say thank you. And that has really been interesting. So we we have a programme called Voice Collectives where we say up to 30 young people in school once a week get together to make up songs and then they choose one that they go and perform and record and uh, it gets uploaded. But now, in doing this project we've had uh, a time of writing I think 46 entries of people performing this whole song that 12 young people wrote so it's a completely different model but with much if you like much bigger engagement we've got young people doing full covers of the song on their own in their own homes some of them have mixed it with harmonies and different instruments that wasn't happening before so it's almost like we were stabilising them too much. We were saying, well, we can help you. We, don't worry, we'll show you how to record it. Don't worry about that. We will do the production. Don't worry about the harmonies. We'll work that out. And now you go 12 young people. I mean, we, we open it out. Anyone want to help us write the song? And 12 young people got together at different times, some of them one-to-one, some of them in groups, to write the song. And then we put it out to everyone. And so many more people have come to say, yes, I'd like to sing that. Some people are say doing full cover versions of it. So again, that's a completely different kind of voice collective, but one that has increased engagement, and and I hope is just the first of many.
0: Yeah, sounds like it's definitely upskilled young people in terms of things you wouldn't probably have skilled them or in, or they wouldn't
1: have Absolutely. found out about it's themselves. Really... As a leader, you're constantly working out how much support and how much challenge to put into a session, especially for, for an organisation like The Music Works, you know, where from one end of our spectrum, if you like, we have very participatory, very let's all, we're all in it together, let's just join in, all the way through to artist development. And this has really challenged that. The blurring of that line has become really interesting over the lockdown period how much do we need to have to be the stabilizers for this for this bike riding actually what happens if we're 10 miles away and we only check in once a week and we just hear from the young people what happens and what you find is they write songs and they learn stuff and they play now I know they were doing that before but it's a really interesting vignette into what happens if you literally take away face-to-face contact what happens and and i think you're seeing we're seeing really interesting results
0: definitely sounds as though it's kind of moving the organization up that ladder of participation because they're finding out how to do this they have particular ideas about what they want to do and they're working it out yeah that sounds great and so with the voice collectives that's a school's program so presumably the school have been supporting those young people to continue to participate is that right that's really
1: it's interesting so we did have schools booked for this term and of course they've said that can't happen so they were just kind of in a way it became a music works wide voice collectives it's just whoever however and of course the schools that were going to do a voice collectives were interested in the process and and sent out to all their young people but the way it's Developed has been kind of again. That's another another barrier, if you like, has been removed there because you would only get to do a voice collector if your school booked one. Yeah. Time. Do you I mean well? That's gone now. It's, you know, it's the first one. And it'd be lovely to see how many more we can do and what we're learning from it. Um, But I, I definitely, the response has been incredible. So I think there's a real desire for young people to make music, record music, make work and be part of a creative process like that.
0: And I've just realised, I'm not sure if we've actually said what platform you're using for these or what platforms. I think I, I, you said kept, Zoom, is that right? Yeah, I kept yeah.
1: thinking that, you know, some kind of brand awareness that I need knowledge. Oh, no. right. Yeah, yeah, fine. So, oh, using, wow. yeah, yeah, no, we're using Zoom and yeah. we did try all of them. <laughs> I say all of them because I, I mean it. We went through a big audit of all of them and we're using Zoom and there was a lot of attention on Zoom at the beginning because of their open. Um, access links uh, but they basically responded to that it's really interesting because for ages we used to moan about technologies that had too many barriers right so oh, i have to log in to do this and i have to do that oh i can't work this out and, and zoom almost responded to that by saying well we'll just you know if you've got the link you can get in and, and it was a really good response in some ways, but of course had massive safeguarding implications, you know, yeah. if, if anyone can get anywhere. So we did have to monitor that and looked at what we would do. And initially when we first went out, we made sure there were two leaders on every session, for example, and then they introduced, the waiting room or they did something that made I, I defer to our technical support here but they introduced a few measures in response to the fact that whilst they would created an open access platform they now need to change it because it becomes so popular so that's you know we followed that and then we updated our safeguarding policy to to reflect how and why we we're using it but basically zoom it, all of our zoom links are in all of our diaries which are shared with all of us and we ask uh, or we make it evident <laughs> to the young people and their parents and their carers that any any music works member of staff just like if they were in our studio could could come into the zoom meeting and we encourage that so we work with each other and uh, and it, it's a little case by case because of course you, some young people will respond really well to that and others not so so we have to be careful even though we know that we we need to be able to monitor what's happening, uh, um, just as we would in any of our studios. We also find a kind way to to make sure that young people feel comfortable with that.
0: So yeah, I mean that safeguarding issue has yeah. been talked about a lot in terms of Zoom, hasn't it? Um, yeah. And is, are there any other things that you think that will be useful for you to share about music works and your safeguarding online?
1: so basically we re we wrote a new policy if you like for our online yeah. um, and that is available it's on our website. So yeah oh, okay that. and it was based on um, advice from nymads i have to say we defer a lot to those with fast experience on this but then we test drove it and then developed our policy alongside it i think really important that you you make sure that we have an induction form for online, which makes sure that uh, young people aren't alone uh, at home. And, ah, OK. Yeah. So yeah.
0: anybody yeah. under 18 has to have a parent with them or a carer. Is that right? That's or... right. That's
1: yeah. right. And this is really, um, <laughs> it, it will. it will sound very industry speak but they it needs to be in a communal room not in a bedroom or a bathroom mm-hmm. It it is happening in a communal room and the yeah the, the links will be shared so it can be monitored and people can and like i said that's a positive thing in general and of course if you're going to record any of your meetings you need consent first yes so that's all built into our policy there are a couple of other things but it would be really good to put that link in the in the blog post
0: yeah definitely i think that's really useful
1: all of malachi and i and lee and hamish uh, uh leaders have been involved in the youth music discussions which have happened i think fortnightly on a friday which oh, and we have this conversation basically how are our policies looking As anyone come across anything that might mean that our policies need updating, you know, all that happens. And it's really positive people being really adaptable and because policies can sit and gather dust, right. And this is not the time for that to happen. This is the time to have them front and center and make sure that they're not just big old eight page document that no one's going to read, but they're a practical, useful piece of work that that people can respond to and, and adhere to if you like. And so we're keeping ours front and centre. We actually, one of the things we did was one of our music leaders sort of took on policies, which is really <laughs> positive. Then I mean, I'm not sure she feels entirely <laughs> But she's definitely, it's been really positive to have someone saying, actually, you know, flying the flag for what is the system behind this, you know.
0: Definitely, because it's so important, isn't it? But it's sort of yeah. often the last thing you really want to do, writing policy. So we've talked a lot about the programmes and how you've translated, but what's the actual take-up been like from young people and, and how are they responding?
1: Really good. So we were at 52 young people have come through to online. We've had 46 on the voice collectives. We've got 27 working across our learning disabled DJ sessions and 11 upsurge artists who've just started their new, the new artist development programme started just as lockdown started. Oh wow! Uh, which yeah, <laughs> really, really interesting timing. Uh, yeah. So what's that? Eleven twenty-seven forty-six and fifty-two, something like that. I don't know, one hundred, hundred to
0: two hundred, or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah. So we're really, really pleased with that. We're reaching out to referers and to into and different organisations to make sure that people know that we're here. <laughs> you know, that's been our really strong message: is we're here. We, we're not going anywhere. <laughs>
0: What are the challenges for inclusion and how are you addressing that? So some young people who yeah. might not have parental support, might not have easy access to a computer.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's it, again, along with having a policies lead, we have an, a, an inclusion lead. And one of the first things we said on the team meeting, what Lee said, who is our disability lead, he said, we really need this to be front and centre of what, how on earth can we make this inclusive? or as mm. inclusive as possible when we know that we live in a really isolated county where broadband hasn't got everywhere, where we know that young people, even if the tech is there, they might not be comfortable doing this work. So one of the first sessions that Malachi led was just a phone call and he did, he was working with a young rapper and he did it on a phone talked through it and did music leading and that's come up a lot that a couple of my sessions you know the, the fate that i keep wanting to call it face to face the the visual uh, yeah. um, zoom meeting can be stressful it can be tiring and it can be not very nice for some people so it can easily just move on to a phone call sometimes we can do it through when they're going for their exercise, you know, they go for a walk and say, now I feel like I can talk to you about this song that I've been writing and all of that. So that's one thing, but we're not addressing everything as well as we would like, because inclusion is is like a continuum of, of you know, trying to include everyone all the time. And we are really struggling with reaching those with profound and multiple learning disability, for example. Yeah. Um, but we're not we're definitely there we're working with young people with profound and multiple learning disability and that's fantastic so it it's like the continuation has been okay but reaching new people convincing them that that this is an okay way to work having that discussion that is a challenge and we at the moment the first word of a referral or an idea might come in and sometimes it can take three weeks before that first session because of that so is online an, uh, an inherently exclusive mission? Is there something in it that will always exclude people? And I think that technologically that might be true, but from an ethos perspective, you, you can't just send everything down that channel and say, well, because of lockdown, we're going, everything's online and every that's the only way we can do it. There has to be a way that says how are we making sure those young people are still accessing music without that? So we're talking to teachers in schools about making sure they've got access to resources. Again, just making sure that there's lots of industrial awareness, if you like, so sharing cross-pollinating ideas, making sure that uh, we're making lots of videos so they can be played in school. We've done a signing video for the um, for the Frontline song, for example, which is being played in assemblies in those schools where you know children of key workers and vulnerable children are. And so they're still joining in. And that's really important that we keep those relationships going, but it's an ongoing conversation. And I am not at the bottom of that yet is what I'd say. (laughs)
0: But who is ever on that inclusion journey? <laughs> it is, you know, the old cliche yeah. inclusion is a journey, not a destination. And yeah, uh, the other thing that I've remembered is that you've also, because I'm thinking about your whole class, you've also yeah. came up with a brand new website for the Music Words, didn't you, within a couple That's of it. weeks of lockdown, which yeah. is interesting because I know that your website is very um, kind of sector facing, kind of marketing yeah. your services to the sector. And we'd always said, yeah. Uh, we need something there's more young people facing and yeah. this it, it sort of felt to me i immediately saw it and thought oh my goodness that's that sort of prompted you to release yeah. a, a new website that's completely young people focused and has lots of video tutorials for for example those young people who were in whole class learning yeah. ipads they can now access sallow their tutor yeah yeah um, through a load of videos do you want to just t- tell me a little bit about that
1: so i think our whole class is probably on a, on our scales if you like it is heavily weighted towards tuition if basically helping young people with a with an instrument learning how to use it to make music and a lot of your work
0: is obviously about mentoring which is very relationship based and the music is part of that yeah
1: yeah so it it, and you know nothing divides simply but if you like whole class ipads is the most that is like tuition and then we have something like our uh, making it program which is much more our mentoring end of the spectrum And so it was very easy to say, if it's tuition, surely we can make an online resource for this. And whole class is the obvious thing for that. Doing a, uh, developing a pack around songwriting as well because we, a lot of our work involves songwriting, including our mentoring. So we want to have a, a, an online resource pack that really addresses, because we have such long conversations about lyric writing and melodies and chord progressions, and it feels like this is the opportunity to really build a resource pack that said these are the things that we've done with young people, these are the things that young people have said to us about lyric writing processes and melodies and chord progressions. And here's some nuggets, if you like, that you can take away and say, okay, so what happens if I try and write a chorus with only three words? Or what happens if I try and not use adjectives and adverbs in this verse? You know, it's just mm. simple tricks and tools. That is a background piece of work which will be released, I'm hoping, in the next couple of weeks.
0: So I know it's difficult to plan for the future now, but do yeah. you have some sense of what your next steps will be when lockdown eases? Are you likely to continue these ways working?
1: certainly the online offer is reaching people we didn't reach before so I think the online offer will continue there's no two ways about that and when we are back in our studios and back in schools so lockdown interrupted a couple of our programs that was quite tough so one of them was a voice there was a couple of voice collectors those were young people who were writing a song and they were aiming towards a goal of finishing that song And we're really pleased to say that we were able to help that happen. It's normally an 11-week process, and it finished in week eight. So what that says to me is that if you know that this might be a volatile situation, then it might, again, we might need to go into lockdown again. How do you approach something like voice collectives, which is, I hate to say product-focused, but you know what I mean, it's got something Mm. at the end, when there may not be an end in the same way. And I think that's a really good challenge for something like voice collectives because it starts to say, well, you know, if the process is the important bit, surely there should be a way to wherever the program gets to before lockdown happens, that you should be able to do that. And in a way, that should be a good thing to think about for anything because a child might move school or might move county or might have a change in circumstance, which means they don't finish the program. That's a question in itself. What are they going to get out of it if it's if it's not the product? it needs to be the process. So it's challenging all our uh, the way we're looking at processes, certainly.
0: Yeah, so interesting. So is there anything else you'd like to say to others in a similar situation to you? Um, perhaps any lessons you've learned so far? Any hope or encouragement or any kind of recommendations?
1: I think definitely Park. Unfortunately, Park, all those years of being, you know, obsessed with sonic quality and <laughs> loving loving the sound of a great guitar through a perfectly tuned amplifier. It's kind of just, if you can leave that at the door and just bring your naive self back and say, what happens if we just sing this down a telephone almost? That's the feeling. What happens if we just play music together in a slightly laggy, unsynchronous way? Can it be fun? Ask yourself that question because... I found it really can be, it can be lots of fun for both you and the person, but you do need to say, maybe I'm the sound engineer that I was eight weeks ago, (laughs) the kind of, um, that would be my advice, definitely
0: isn't that lovely I love that that kind of sense of curiosity and playfulness and, and a- yeah. abandoning that kind of um, adult approach to perfectionism that is awful yeah. that happens at some stage <laughs> in our lives that's great Absolutely. great advice yeah. Ben thank you and thank you so much for being on the show today Um I've really enjoyed talking to you it's great to catch up it's never long yeah. enough and I'm really looking forward to sharing the information and, and the links that you have mentioned I'll share those in the blog and good luck with all you that you're doing
1: thanks so much Anita it's been such a pleasure talking to you and really it's it's one of the ways sometimes you only think when you talk so sorry if i rambled a bit but there we go didn't, ramble, useful. <laughs>
0: didn't ramble at all it was lovely and um, so if you're listening and you want to find out more about the music works and how they're responding i'll share lots of links in the show notes and thank you for listening that's the end of our show this time thank you for listening to the music for education and Wellbeing podcast and make sure to subscribe so that you get to hear about future episodes if you'd like to be on the podcast or you'd like to know more about me and how i help music and creative organizations through communications then visit writing-services.co.uk and get in touch thanks for listening and have a great week